Welcome back to the Emergency Goalies. It was a set of three games that started out with a very, very disappointing result as the Blackhawks um, lost to the really, uh, I don't know how else to say it. They're bad. Um, Arizona Coyotes. But then they had a players-only meeting, which, I mean, I thought at the time was, well, whatever. But they did come out and win their next two games, beating Vegas and uh, just yesterday beating Columbus. So obviously beating Vegas was the better, you know, more impressive victory. But still, two wins in a row when they had been playing so badly it was nice to see. Absolutely. Um you know, coming off of the COVID break, this team was back to being in disarray um, in the defensive zone. They were giving up a lot of chances and uh, a lot of goals. Um, part of that was, you know, missing some key, key personnel, um, especially in net, but the entire team wasn't uh, playing up to the st- to the defensive standards that they had been under King, um, you know, in the previous month, month and a half or so. And, you know, it really set them back in, you know, whatever hopes that the players have of, of continuing to pursue a a playoff spot. Um, Those uh, three straight or four straight losses, I guess, coming out of the, uh, coming out of the break, uh, you know, especially capping it off with a loss to the, you know, essentially the worst team in the league, you know, a team that's not even trying to win essentially in the Arizona Coyotes. I think it's, I think it's right that it triggered a players only meeting type situation where, you know, the, these guys essentially had to say, Hey, you know, we cannot afford any more of these type of slip ups. We have to more or less play perfect responsible hockey for the remainder of the year. And, you know, the, the first period in Vegas, uh, I thought they came out and were essentially playing the same type of hockey that they had been the previous four games. Uh, They fell that they fell behind. Um, but, uh, the final two periods against Vegas, uh, were two of the better periods that they've played all year. And then they responded with, um, you know, one of their better complete game performances against Columbus yesterday. Um, It was boring hockey, (laughs) um, both games essentially, uh, but the Hawks were playing the way that um, King wants them to play. Uh, Be responsible, dump the puck in if you have to, don't take a lot of chances stay in position defensively, stay above the puck. They've been doing that up and down the lineup. Um, And, you know, like you said, the beating a good team like Vegas is, is one thing, but in, in all honesty, I thought the, the blue jackets game was probably as impressive, if not more so considering um, that both McCabe and Seth Jones were, were out of the lineup. Yeah. There was significant, uh, COVID issues in that game for 
for sure. And uh, we were talking about it. The um, replacement for Seth Jones in the lineup, Galvis, mm-hmm. pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he's not a real big guy. Uh, he kind of fits in to a similar mold of, um, you know, Nick Baudin and Ian Mitchell, um, Wyatt Kalanick to some degree as well. Um, I think the one thing that sets Galvis apart from Mitchell and Baudin in particular is he's a little quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though I think if you put all three of those guys on a scale, they, they're probably within 10 pounds of each other. Uh, Galvis just seems to have a little squatter build. Um, he's a little, he's got a little wider base and I think he just, he plays a little bigger and, you know, he's a guy that. Yeah, well, been, also, I was going to mm-hmm. add, it can't hurt that he's been playing in Europe. Yeah. More and, developed players. Yeah, absolutely. That was my next point was, uh, you know, he's been playing against men in Europe for the past couple of years past, I think it's like the past three actually. So he's got more experience playing, you know, against, against people with NHL caliber strength or close to it. And you can see that in his game, it's a little more mature game than those uh, other two or three guys. And, you know, I thought he had a, a real good preseason. I think at the time I predicted that he, probably be the first call up or at least the primary call up from, from Rockford when the team needed defensemen. Uh, he did not get the, the first opportunity or even the second or third, really. Um, they even brought up, you know, somebody like Isaac Phillips ahead of him. But uh, I think Galvis showed in that first game um, that he's got NHL potential and it may come sooner rather than later. And of course, as we were talking when, you know, they get Jones and step back, there's just not a lot of room right now for young defensemen, which yeah, a trade of Dahan or Murphy or someone else would open that up. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, they've, they've got Jones and Murphy and McCabe and Stillman signed long-term. Those four guys are going to remain in the lineup whenever they're healthy. Um, you know, that just leaves two spots in the regular lineup. And for the time being, Calvin DeHaan is playing really well and uh, deserves to be in there. And they need to keep him in there to, to uh, showcase him as a, a, you know, a trade guy for, you know, at the deadline. And so then that just leaves one spot and, you know, they're giving Caleb Jones an opportunity. Eric Gustafson is still hanging around, um, you know, I guess they might try and showcase Gustafson a little bit for the trade deadline too. You know, maybe they can get a late round pick or something for him. Um, so I think you'll kind of still see the, you know, kind of that rotation of, of veteran guys with, you know, a, a Mitchell or a Galvis or somebody getting plugged in, you know, as, as need arises for um, COVID or, know, or injury. Yeah. The way this year's going, I'm sure there'll be lots of opportunities Right. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. But, uh, you know, once the trade deadline passes, uh, I fully expect Calvin DeHaan and most likely Eric Gustafson to be 
um, moved elsewhere. And at that point, uh, there's going to be one or two jobs up for grabs. And I think Dallas has a good chance to position himself um, to get the first opportunity there. Um, not then that's not to say that, you know, Ian Mitchell and Nick Baudin uh, can't uh, position themselves, you know, in the, in the, over the next month or two to, to get another opportunity. Uh, Wyatt Kalanick is still hanging around as well. Um, you know, even Isaac Phillips showed decently in his couple of games that he got early in the year. So Blackhawks do have a number of, of uh, defensemen uh, that are going to be vying for those spots, uh, you know, which is promising. But I think Galvis, given his maturity and, you know, he's not a dynamic offensive player, but he plays with his head up. He's, he's kind of got a lot of the same elements that Nick Baudin does offensively, but I just think Galvis is much more prepared defensively and from a physical standpoint to be able to stand up at the NHL level at this point. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. So obviously the um, other big news is that Lucas Reichel is finally getting the call. Now they're talking like it's going to be a short stint just to get his feet wet. Although at this point, I don't see why if he comes up and produces at all, why you'd send him down. But um, well, yeah, I mean, I think that's that's probably you know why they're kind of hedging at this point is you know if he comes up and he produces, I think he will stay. So they're kind of um, like preparing if yeah struggles that it won't feel as like a crushing. To send him back. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a good opportunity with a couple of home games um, before they, they go back out on the road um, for a short stint. Uh, basically they got like a, uh, because the game in Edmonton next week has already been postponed. They just got the one game out here in Seattle. And I'm, I, I'm actually assuming that they are going to send Reichel back to Rockford, because I'm assuming right Rockford probably plays once or twice in that stretch. Um, so I think that's definitely a possibility. But uh, with you know two games in three days here, um, I guess they could even play him in the Seattle game. That would be three games in five days. Just and you know give him a give him a look. Uh, the team could definitely use a scoring boost. Um, I mean they are they're they have chance to win close games. They've been doing it since King took over, you know, winning a lot of two to one, three to two games. But at some point you do got to score a little more and Reichel is really their only offensive prospect at this point. And he just, he's coming off a AHL player of the week. So, you know, he's kind of on a high note right now. Confidence has got to be there a little bit. So yeah, why not give him a chance and see what he's got? No, I agree. If you think about it, what is there? It's got to be the most hyped prospect since Doc. And it's just their minor leagues are, like you said, they're just barren right now. Yeah, it's, you know, it's not a good, not a good uh, system right now in terms of, of forward prospects. Um, they've got a fairly decent and deep stable of defensive prospects, but um, the forward prospects and to some extent, the goalie pipeline is, is, is thin. So 
Um, you know, I, I don't know that Lucas Reichel, you know, was ever going to be a first line player, but he seems to project well as a second or third liner. Uh, he's responsible at both ends. He brings some much needed speed to the lineup and he does have some offensive creativity. So um, I do project him to be a, a fairly important uh, NHL type player uh, for the Hawks over the next, you know, hopefully five, 10 years, even. Yeah. I mean, you just look at the, um, I was looking at the stats yesterday and it's like, you have to bring it with 23 goals. And then the next ice goal scorer is eight. And there aren't many guys with even above like five goals. It's yeah. Very grim looking score sheet for the Blackhawks. Definitely. And I don't expect Reichel to um, dent the score sheet a lot uh, in terms of goals. Uh, this year, at least, uh, he is still, uh, you know, a young guy that is still needing to improve his strength. Um, I, I do think there's a, a chance that he's a little overmatched along the boards or in front of the net and, you know, being able to get some of those greasy goals in that. But we did see in the preseason, uh, he can create with his speed when the opportunities are there and he is a, a pretty good passer. So, Let me ask, what do you say compared comparable to like a Kurashev? Would you say slightly better? I think he's a little better than Kurashev. I think he's a little bit quicker. Um, I think he's got a chance to be a little more creative. But yeah, I mean, I don't know that there's a huge separation between those two. Yeah, he's not a Debrinket or Kane. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he's closer to Kurashev than he is to a Kane or to Um, But, you know, Kurashev right now, um, since he's come back from Rockford, is playing much better. I think he's playing like a legit third liner right now. Um, you know, hopefully he can maintain that. And so if, you know, Reichel can, you know, this year, I wouldn't expect him to play much better than Kurashev. Uh, Kurashev might be might even be a little bit better right now, but in a year or two, um, I do think um, Reichel has a chance to kind of settle in as a as a, a solid second line player. Yeah, but I mean, right now, they'll I'll take anyone with even a hint of scoring ability. Yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, we're definitely at that point where if the Blackhawks are going to stay in games and, you know, hopefully still kind of at least make a push for a playoff spot. They've got so much ground to make up over so many teams. You know, it's not a realistic expectation, but at least interesting anyway. Yeah. Make it interesting, you know, keep, keep the, the, the dream alive for as long as possible. And in order to do that, they, they've got to score more than they currently are. So, Well, that's I can give you a little trivia. I'll see how, um, who's got the second most goals on the Blackhawks. Hagel? Yep. Ah. Brandon Hagel. Yeah, which oh. not a good sign. No. No. Um, you know, that's definitely a spot where you would expect uh, either Patrick Kane or Dominic Kubelik. 
Um, and neither of those two guys are getting off many shots and not capitalizing on them like they have in the past. Uh, I think it's, uh, you know, that's a reasonable downward trend from Patrick Kane at this point in his career. Aging, um, yeah. yeah I, I, I don't expect Patrick Kane to really ever be a 30 goal scorer again. I think he's more likely to settle in as a 20 goal guy sort of thing over the next several years. But Dominic Kubalik is a guy, you know, that's still in the prime of his career. He should be scoring and impacting the game more than he is. I don't really know what the problem is outside of the fact that the Blackhawks just don't have many guys that drive possession and Kubelik is not, you know, a primary line driver. He needs somebody to set him up and there isn't guys doing that right now for him. Um, yeah, Bob, you would say, I would say their best setup guy would be Kane. Yeah. That's why and those two almost never play together. So. Yeah, but you put um, him with to bring it. Yeah, although they they have switched it up a little bit over yeah. the last few games. Um, I do think Kublik has even played with Kane a little bit. Uh Debrinkett's been playing mostly with Taves. Who has been playing better? Who has also been playing better, yes. And you know, we're seeing some positive signs from Kirby Doc as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, it's not out of the realm of possibility that the, the Hawks can still kind of get a, an offensive boost from their, you know, internally. Well, I, I find a hard time believing that they could have dropped off so dramatically offensively from even last year. That, that Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, like I said, I think, I think Kane's drop off is reasonable. Um, Taves early season struggles, certainly reasonable given his situation, you know, the, that, I think both of those were kind of worst case scenario Mm -hmm. and it, you know, hopefully we've at least survived that part of it. And um, perhaps both of those guys can kind of get a little bit of a boost and find some stride here in the second half. Although you do got to worry about tapes, maybe um, wearing down as the season, you know, he, he he wasn't necessarily in game shape to to start off. Um, He seems to have found his rhythm, but you know, it's, certainly a possibility that he's just not going to be ready to play a full season yet either. So, but maybe the Olympic break here um, coming okay. up is, is, is good for him. But, um, so, yeah, I was going to, and you know, those clips with like a players, sometimes they're, you know, a gentle decline, but as we've seen with guys like Seabrook and stuff, they can be flat, like a yep. sharp cliff. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, uh, Seabrook, uh, prime example of that. Uh, Andrew Ladd, prime example of that. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it can definitely happen, you know, especially in a situation like Taves where, you know, he's got a medical condition on top of everything. If you're, and, you know, if you're lucky, you get a HOSA, where it's right. a very, you know, smooth decline, like, you yeah. know. But you know, you don't know. And, and and that seems to be what Patrick Kane is settling into is more of a smooth decline. You know, I mean, his his ability to pass the puck has not diminished at all. You know, I just you know we're seeing a little bit of a he's lost a step and he's he maybe lost leads, a little bit off of his shot. Yeah, he still leads in points. 
Exactly. I mean, he's still close to a point per game player. I think he probably will continue to re remain that for the remainder of this season and probably next season as well. So I'm not, I'm not overly concerned about Kane. I just, I, I think his hundred point days are behind him. I think he's going to settle back down into more of what he was at the beginning of his career, sort of a 70, 80 point guy. Yeah. So obviously oh, we'll end on one more. I mean, we can touch on, obviously, uh, Fleury got the revenge game against. Yeah. And that probably inspired the team a little bit. Yeah. You know, and unfortunately, Seth Jones missed his opportunity against Columbus. But. Mm -hmm. And Boquist did not get his revenge against the Blackhawks, I guess. No, no, they, they prevented that. Uh, he did get one good opportunity in the offensive zone, but couldn't capitalize. And, yeah, so this week, um, you know, they're going to be going up against a bad Montreal team. Um, and Talk uh, about a one-year drop-off, although they were kind of a fluke last year. Yeah, I think they played a little above their head last year, but I don't think anybody expected them to play as poorly as they have been this year. <laughs> um, and then, you know, they've got a, a surprising Anaheim team coming in on Saturday. Uh, they've definitely got some firepower you got to watch out for. Uh, but then they got an opportunity. It's a, you know, it's with the Edmonton game getting postponed. They've got a one game road trip out here to Seattle. You know, it's a long trip, three games in five days, but Seattle's not good either. So, um, yeah, definitely an opportunity to, to build some momentum here um, coming off a couple of victories. And obviously, the only other thing I'll say is no matter what, it has been very fun to watch Alex Dabrinkit. Yes. I mean, he almost scores a goal every game, it seems like. He's been very consistent with his production. You know, we've seen some goal scorers score in bunches and go through droughts, but this year and really last year as well, he's been, you know, every game or every other game, you know, at worst, maybe he goes two or three games without a goal, but yeah, just. You're getting to be like, where I don't think it'll happen, but it could happen that he could get the 50 goals. I, he, he's, he's certainly got the ability to do so. Um, I think it will require Patrick Kane to stay healthy because um, to bring it definitely needs somebody to set, the, set him up. Mm -hmm. Um but, you know, I mean, you also got to look, the Blackhawks power play isn't even performing very good right now. So if they can get onto a decent power play run at some point in the second half, mm -hmm. uh, the can really make, you know, up a lot of ground there too. So you know, I think he's on pace for 49 right now or 48 or something like that. So yeah, there's, you know, with the way that the Blackhawks offense is underachieved, it's certainly possible to get it. And of course, yeah, the, um, the way the year's going, there might be a big push late in the year with nothing else to, to go for. Right. Yeah. You know, that's one of those things where, yeah, if the, once the playoff possibilities are eliminated, you know, some of those personal goals can take center stage. And, you know, if you got a guy like Patrick Kane, that's wants to get you to 50 goals um, that, that can certainly help because uh, Kane can, uh, uh, you know, turn it on a little bit and, and really feed somebody if if uh, the opportunities are there. So 
Yeah, yeah. it'll be uh, that'll at least keep it interesting uh, down the stretch. Yeah, something for us to talk about. Yeah, because I'm trying to remember. Amanti never made it to 50. He made yeah. 40 a couple of times. Yeah, but I think the last 50 goal scorer would have been Ronick. Yep, sounds about right. Yeah, so that would be really cool. 92, maybe 91. Yeah, it was. I think it was 92. I think because then I think the next year is when he hurt his knee. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I think 92 would have been right. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, long time ago. Back when we were kids. Back when we were kids, and the NHL was very different and much more wide open. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All right. Well. I um, am on Twitter at SDH85, Michael. MJ underscore Ernst. Yeah, and we're going to keep watching. And even if the only thing to go for is personal records, I guess that's better than nothing. So 